Good evening. Uh, we are doing a very special episode of the webinar tonight. And what we're doing is Q&A. So we have our Facebook group called HowToTrainYourServiceDog.com. And what I did about, hi Terry, about maybe an hour ago, is I asked any requests to address during tonight's webinar. So we got some. So we're going to address those and more. Uh, so if you guys have a topic that you have a question about and you would like to see us address, go ahead and type it in the comments and we will see if we can get to it during tonight's webinar. So it's all about you guys. Okay. So the first question we got is how to get your pup to get on place. We use an elevated bed, but she will not get on it at all. And that's from Samantha. So that one, can, it can be difficult. And we actually, years ago, we have uh, elevated places, right? And it took us, we're trying to be nice, right? We're using pressure and release, trying not to put too much stress on the dog. And it took us over 45 minutes to get that dog on place. Now, I'm telling you that, right? Because don't make that mistake you have to use a little more pressure at times, you know, a little more, I want you to do this and help the dog get over their fears faster. Why did we let that dog go for 45 minutes of being afraid of a place board, guys, a bed? Is because we thought we were doing the best thing. You know, we didn't want to use too much pressure. You know, when the dog gave a little bit, we gave a little bit more back, but sometimes you have to say, it's enough, no. <laughs> This is ridiculous. It's a place board. It is nothing to be afraid about. So I know a lot of women don't like snakes and spiders. And uh, it, it's kind of like dealing with your fears versus facing them, you know, face front and getting over them, right? So we need that. So what we do for dogs who didn't want to get up on place is we have them with legs, right? So we'll flip it upside down and get them on the opposite way. So basically they're just walking on a square that's on the ground with the legs sticking up and it's not scary. So we'll get them on the place that way. Um, if that does not work, you can use, um, you know those totes that you put Christmas stuff in? If you have one of those lids, flip it upside down and use that. Um, your next Amazon purchase, right? Take your box, flatten it, have your dog get up on there. It's just your, your dog is unsure about getting on different surfaces. So what we need to do is we need to get your dog on those different surfaces and show your dog that one, they can trust you, right? Two, you're not going to lead them to bad things. And three, they can go wherever you tell them, which I mean, it's all one. It's all building that trust, building that relationship, building that confidence, all with one little simple command of place. Even place an object you don't want to place on. I mean, heck, if you have a door and a doormat, get the dog to place on the doormat. Get the dog to walk over it. Now, what usually happens is if we do have to flip it upside down for the dog, get the dog on it. As soon as we can, we flip it right side up and get the dog on it where it's maybe four inches off the ground. After we do that a little bit, we have, because we have the ranch, we have big, what is it, like a big black plastic rubbery circle. It is. It's like a water trough thing, right? So we have one of those that we keep. It's what Rich washes the dogs in. So if you've ever seen a picture of Rich washing one of the, the dogs, it's probably, you know, standing in this black wash tub thing, right? So what we'll do is we keep that on the back patio and we'll flip that upside down and get the dog onto that. Why? I mean, not because you're going to be seeing wash tubs and flipping it upside down for the dogs, but because it's a different surface and I want the dog to trust me. Because if your dog will follow you anywhere, then getting on a vet scale isn't going to be a problem. For service dogs, getting on like a ride at Disney isn't going to be a problem. I'm getting into a car isn't going to be a problem. You know, dogs who don't want to get into the car, they're afraid to get into the car. When we work with place, we usually don't have that problem anymore because they're like, oh, okay, she gives me good advice. Okay, so we get them on onto this. It's maybe, what, foot and a half or so deep? So that's a foot and a half or so up. Now we just went from four inches to a foot and a half, right? And some dogs are like, oh, heck no, I'm not going on there. So for them, I'm insistent. And I might go and have the dog sit, pick, you know, come in behind him if the dog's not going to bite me and put his front paws up on it and show him it's okay. I might have another dog. Um, do it where this dog can see it that it's okay. I might get on it and show the dog that it's okay. Uh, but it is nice. And so we do something we call it place around the world where we place a dog on all different objects. And so you go on a walk, you see uh, 
anything that you think your dog can place on a picnic table. Like any question, you have a little dog park area with, you know, like an agility course set up, try that. Um, you see something, make sure the rules for this, make sure that it is safe for your dog, which means your dog's not going to fall through it. Okay, that's the only thing you really need to concern about is will it hold your dog up? Because if you tell your dog to get on something and it falls to pieces and it comes crashing down, that's on you. And now we just took like 20 steps backwards. Uh, Terry says, I started video teaching Goose Place today, but decided not to. I guess I should have. See, it would have been good, Terry. Uh, and Samantha's here. She says, yes, we're still learning to trust me. She's been with me for only four days and I'll definitely try the upside down dog bed and other surfaces. Definitely. Perfect, Samantha. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. And it does take some time. So we'll sometimes, and the other thing we'll do, um, Samantha, is while we're walking them, we'll flip that place upside down. So walk, 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 walk over place, walk, 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 walk over place, walk, 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 flip it upside down, walk over place. So we get it part of it. We don't just say, okay, here's the walk. Okay, now here's the place. Okay, now here's the sit. We kind of incorporate everything. And we found that by doing the walk, walk, walk place, walk, 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 it's a lot easier for the dogs. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is nothing. Because they have that momentum going. And we all know movement dissipates stress. So it makes it a lot easier. Okay. Um, Maddie asks, uh, tips to reduce a pup that pees in his crate. Um, he gets taken out uh, every three hours. Water is monitored. He's 12 weeks old on Thursday. The crate's the right size. Also, maybe something on that you can think about dropping off. Oh, then she has a second one too. Okay. So for a 12-week-old puppy, 12 weeks, guys, is three months. Okay. Three-month-old puppy, you can expect him to hold it three to four hours, and that's it. And that's like when he's sleeping and he's doing good. Okay. So a lot of people expect too much too soon. And they don't take the proper precautions. So your puppy is going to be crated, strictly supervised. That means you're not, you can listen to my podcast. That's about it. I don't want you watching Facebook stuff. I don't want you texting people. I don't want you really watching TV or reading a book or drawing. I want you to focus on your dog um, or on a leash attached to you and you're still paying attention or outside strict, you know, supervised by you. Um, and, and that's about it. Now, if, um, if he's getting taken out every three hours and water, water is being monitored, um, I would look at his food intake. I would also start a chart. So what you want to do is start writing down every time he eats, every time he drinks. Okay. And then every time he pees and every time he poops and see if you can come up with a correlation there. So different dog foods um, make your dog thirstier or not thirstier. And here's a trick that we do is uh, when we give, get their dry food ready, you know, their kibble, uh, we add water to it to kind of make a soup. And depending on the dog, we'll give it to them right away or we'll let them sit for, you know, maybe five or 10 minutes. So all that water really gets absorbed. And the difference is the same difference between eating a bunch of crackers dry crackers, right? Dry kibbles crackers or dry goldfish crackers, you know, whatever. And then drinking a bunch of water versus eating, um, say like chicken and dumpling soup, right? Where the dumplings are in there, they've been cooked in there. It's not that bad to eat it. You might be able to eat a cup of chicken and dumpling soup without any water whatsoever. Whereas if you try to eat a cup of crackers, you're going to be eating a whole bunch of water. Uh, so we, we do like to do that. Um, we lift up water. Usually um, they, they eat with the water in there. They go outside and potting. They can have some. And then by about maybe 7 or 8 o'clock, there's no more water until the next day. Now you might want to throw an ice cube in there depending on the dog. Um, we also, for some dogs, we allow them to tank up. For some dogs, they have the buckets, um, the water buckets in their crates, and it's not a problem. For other dogs, though, it's, it is a problem. So if we're dealing with potty training, they don't get the, the water bucket. We supervise everything. We'll let them, we call it tank up in the morning so they can fill up like the tank of gas, right? But it's water and pee it out all day long. Um, for other dogs, you know, we are very strict, and if it's a huge issue that this dog keeps having accidents and the vet says there's no UTI and we don't know what the heck's going on, uh, you know, there are some points like after training, we let him have some. And then if we're just hanging out in the house and he goes out for a potty break, he's going to get maybe three or four licks. Lick, 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 lick. Okay, you're done. Because we don't want him to pee, pee, pee constantly. And I'm the type of person, here's some personal stuff. You guys know I share personal stuff all the time. 
I love to drink water. So I love the, the cups. You see my unicorn cup? Uh, I love the Yeti type cups because it keeps it colder. So if you hear it, right, there's ice in there. I love ice water. So I will go through quite a few of these every day. Okay, full of water. I don't drink a lot. I don't drink any soda pop. I'll drink sometimes the flavored waters, but um, or iced tea. But you know, it's water mostly, and mm, it tastes good. But I go through a lot more when I'm not doing the low carb. Okay, so you know, guys, know I'm doing the ketogenic, the low carb diet, and if you don't know, that's what I'm doing um, for personal reasons. So I notice that whenever I'm on that and I'm doing good. I don't go through near the water as what I used to go through. But whenever I'm eating a normal American diet and I'm having, you know, cookies and I'm having carbs and I'm not having a, a, a lot of fat and I'm having, you know, crap food here and there, I am so much thirstier and I go through so much more water. You know, it's kind of the joke whenever I, my dad, um, when we go out to eat, you know, the waitress is always coming by with refills. And, you know, like I will go through quite a lot of water, which I mean, it's good. You're supposed to use it. It flushes out your system and everything else. But I tell you, when you have to wake up in the middle of the night a few times to go get a drink of water because you're so thirsty, it's not fun. Um, so I would definitely look at um, the diet too for the dogs um, whenever they do have potty issues because a lot of times changing diet, adding water makes it a lot easier. Okay. Um, her other question was dropping off dogs at the groomers and or daycare or boarding if you had to. So we have dropped off at groomers before. Um, I'm fine with dropping off at the groomers. I do my own as much as I can um, because <laughs> I'm impatient. So when I decide my dog needs a groom, I want it done then. I don't want to call and make an appointment and wait a week or two. Um, so we will do that. We will, I will groom here. But whenever we had like client dogs in, like I don't always, I'll wash them. I'll brush them out. I'll do their nails. That's about it. I don't want to do grooming on client dogs because if I don't do it the way they want to, it wouldn't be good. And I can't blame anyone else because it was me who did it. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll use the groomers. We'll drop off in the morning, pick up in the afternoon. Uh, it, it's not a problem. I've also had come to my home groomers. Um, I was not as happy with the results. Um, so I, I haven't used them since I had that one that I was not happy at all. Um, for daycare and boarding, uh, we do offer boarding. I think you have to know who it is because here's what happens. When we were in Gainesville, we were um, we shared a building with a veterinarian. And the opposite side of the training wall was the boarding area. And you could hear the dogs all the time, all day, all night, whenever we were there, just barking constantly. And it was stressful. And it was stressful for us. I went home. There's a reason we don't have that training center anymore. After five years, I got tired of it because I would go home after every single class, every single lesson with a massive headache from these barky dogs. And it's not good. It's not good for them. It's not good for the people who are there. It's not good for the other dogs. So say you're going to nut job dog in, right? He's just going to bark, 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 bark. He's going to set off every single other dog. And it is going to be such a high stress environment that I implore more dogs not go home and or um, boarding. What we do here, I don't put up with barking. Okay. So we fix it immediately. Okay. I don't want that. I can't stand barking. The dogs stay in my house. I don't have a separate building. I don't have a soundproof wall that I have up there. Like they are in my house. I want to be able to enjoy the outside. I want to be able to enjoy the inside. And I don't want to have barky dogs there. So we stop it immediately. Well, you can't stop it whenever it's that many dogs in that type of environment because it was their boarding. It wasn't my boarding. I couldn't go in there and do anything because they were not my dogs. Um, so if you have the right boarding facility, go for it. If you have one of those, it's cage free and all the dogs play all day and we have a pool and we have food that we give them as treats all the time and they love it and there's toys everywhere. You know what? It takes one dog who is a resource guarder to put your dog in a very bad position, right? Um, dogs don't always have to play constantly, guys. How many times do I tell you the puppies especially need their sleep? And one of the things that people do wrong all the time is they don't allow puppies to have the downtime that they need. So the dogs go, 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 go. And what happens whenever you dogs get cranky? Just like when people get cranky, they're not fun to be around. Um, so daycares, if it's a good daycare, there's 
Um, there's a couple trainers I know who run daycares. So if you're thinking about it, you know, let me know there's keywords you want to avoid. Like I said, cage-free daycare is a big no-no. Cage-free boarding is a huge no-no. For your dog's safety, when your dog comes here to the ranch for boarding, or for boot camp, they are crated unless we are actively working with them. I do not let them just wander around my house. Why, you ask? Well, for their safety. Like, what if I'm in here, and they're out in the bedroom, or out in the living room, I'm in the bedroom, what if they're out in the living room, and they decide to um, jump up and knock a TV down on them? Or they decide to eat a cord. I mean, it's, it's just a cord but it happens to be a, a phone charging cord and inside of it's a bunch of little copper wires that whenever you eat it or not you eat it when the dog eats it they go and then the vet has to go in there and remove them and that's multiple openings to get all of that out and it's all on me because i wasn't supervising your dog or maybe your dog decides to get a hold of one of my dog's toys and eats it and then gets a bowel obstruction and then he goes home with you and we don't know it Right. So for the dog's safety, every dog is my personal dog. I put them in credit too. Like it's not your dog's credit because your dog's bad. It's it's my house. It's my responsibility. And my dogs, I don't always crate them. Like I do though. Um, I had Arrow in a crate today, and then we forgot that we had him in a crate and Rich remembered. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it, it all depends. Groomer, daycare, boarding, make sure they're people that you trust. Um, make sure that they're not weird. <laughs> make sure that they have your dog's best interests at heart. Um, ooh, $20 group sessions, guys, Saturday here in the villages at the Brownwood Farmer's Market. We are doing group classes this Saturday, uh, starting at 10 a.m. until about noon. We're going to do 10 until 11 of training, and then we're going to walk around the farmer's market and go out to eat. Rich, we usually do McAllister's. I'll probably be hungry for McAllister's again. Rich is always hungry for McAllister's, so it'll probably be there from like 11 until noon. Um, and it's only $20 if you haven't done a training program with us. If you have done personal training or boot camp for either, you know, pet dog behavior issues or dog stuff, it's no cost. And why am I charging $20? Because Hope Service Dog is officially started. Well, I'll talk to the nonprofit organization tomorrow, um, but we are working on getting that rolling. Okay, so that's my first step. Okay, here we have some um, some comments. Uh, Terry says, I have an expedition. I'm still getting uh, help. I'm still helping Goose get in. Um, it's getting old. I need suggestions. Okay, so we have that same issue with the Jeep. Um, the arrow can jump up in it, and he's the only one. Everyone else we have to pick up. And I know exactly what you mean, Terry, by saying it is getting old. So when you have a vehicle like that, you can see if they prefer the side or the tailgate. Sometimes they'll prefer one over the other. Um, sometimes one of them might be higher or lower than the other. Uh, but they're still young and puppies. So you can um, put a, have a block there that you can even wheel over. He can jump up onto it and then jump in you know, and, and work it that way, if that would work. Um, or maybe like, uh, like I said, one of those Christmas totes, depending on how heavy he is, that he can jump up on there and use that. So then you're not constantly picking him up. Um, there's little stairs that will extend out. There's ramps that can extend out. So, you know, we've got some options. Um, I just, I lift them up or I have Rich do it. <laughs> so we have a uh, Mastiff in. He's gorgeous. We had him at Disney last night. Uh, he came down from New York. Um, so we, we went to Disney with him and with Gypsy, and we had to lift both of them up. And then we had to lift both of them out because the Mastiff's only four months old. So we don't want him jumping down and jarring his joints or anything. So, you know, had to lift him in, had to lift him out, had to lift Gypsy in, had to lift Gypsy out. And it does. It gets to be annoying. So that's, I think I'm going to have Rich build me, like, a block just to help them get up. And, uh, and we can... If you put it on casters and you wheel it, you have to make sure that you lock them or that you hold it in place because you don't want your dog to jump up on it and it moves and it scares the bejesus out of them. Scaring the bejesus out of your dog ain't good. Uh, but if it's just a normal block, you can put it there. He can jump up and get in. And depending on how your your garage, how your carport, how your area is laid out, you can leave it there, you can move it and then bring it back to get help them get out again. Make sure that there's treading on the top of it. So we have, Terry, if you come down, we have some old uh, ring mats here um, that we had got. So that would be, I think, a great thing to put on top of it because it has that grip. Um, so yeah, let me know. We have a whole bunch of it so far. 
Um, Samantha says, so far her favorite to train is on focus. I thought that was going to be a hard one to teach, but play seems to be the hard one for now. <laughs> That's awesome. And Jeanette says, hello, hello, Jeanette. Um, she says, she's sorry she's late. It took me this long to find it. Well, I'm glad you found it. And it's okay if you're a little bit late. You can always go back when we're done and rewatch it from the beginning. Um, we also um, take it and I upload it onto YouTube and I strip out the sound and I put the sound up on the podcast. So that leaves, uh, what's that? Tonight's Tuesday, so usually Wednesday morning. I'm busy doing all that stuff. Um, Terry says, good daycares are hard to find. Yep. And that she doesn't allow her dogs to bark either because it's so annoying. Yes, it is. Uh, Nicole says she's working on setting up day school for previous training clients. That's awesome. Um, we were going to do something like that in Gainesville, but didn't because <laughs> I don't want to be stuck out at the training center all the time. And we had the, um, the condo, the townhouse. So I didn't want to have to be at one place or the other. Um, and we didn't have like areas for the dogs to run at the condo. You know, when they went outside, they had to be on leash. So that wouldn't have been fun. Uh, Jeanette says that's the advantage of us being from the organization. We never have to do to go to any strangers. We have volunteers who do nothing but babysit the dogs. That is awesome, Jeanette. And that's his hope service dog. See, I told you guys the name. As we grow, I'm hoping that we can get, get that as well. Um, you know, cause I do worry less whenever someone's here. So that's my, we're going to conference and my parents are coming down to dog sit, to train the dogs in that we have in and uh, just to make sure that our dogs are, are good. Um, plus, they're in Myrtle Beach, so they're, you know, kind of get evacuated anyway, so it's perfect timing. And um, Jeanette, what um, organization are you with, by the way? And Jen Radloff says, we just had five dogs move in next door. There's a wooden fence, but all the dogs in the neighborhood know that they're there. It's very annoying with all the noise. My dog, who is not allowed to bark, has come in from, has to come in from being outside. So there are some things you can do. Um, there's like ultrasonic things, but that's going to punish every dog, including your dog. Um, there's noise things that work. Um, there's something called the doggy don't. Doggy don't, D-O-N apostrophe T. And it looks like it's your noise, but there's so like you hold up to your skin and do it and it's fine. So, you know, you can do that. Now here's the big thing. If you're going to do that is make sure you use your word. No, no. Every time that there's a bark and see if it helps. Um, but yeah, as the dogs get used to it, hopefully it won't be bad. Um, Cause it can get really annoying whenever they go crazy. Um, we would have, on the opposite side, um, when we were in Gainesville, so we were in a townhouse, condo. It's called a condo, but it was a townhouse, right? We had neighbors on either side, no one above or below. We were a flat, it was really nice. Um, but we had a, um, the wooden fence, a wooden privacy fence on the other side of it. Uh, you know, there were some tenants that would move in and out. We were there for like 10 years, right? So sometimes they'd have dogs and we let our dogs go outside to potty and they would um, start barking and, and just being jerks. Not our dogs, but the other dogs. So that was, that was upsetting. That was annoying. Um, so we just, we called ours in. Uh, we never did anything else. Um, just, they weren't allowed to go in there. So my dogs, once they got off leash trained, I just let them in and out. Leash laws. Um, Nicole asks, oh, oh, one more. Carolyn says, hello. And Jeanette says, New Horizons service dogs out of Orange City. Uh, yeah, yeah. I actually, I do want to reach out to New Horizons because of starting Hope. Um, I want to reach out to them and um, see if we can maybe get together at some point to make sure I'm doing things the right way. Uh, and because we do work with owner trainers, um, I know they do the Goldens and the mobility and stuff, which is awesome. Um, and I love the Goldens. So, uh, so I do want to reach out to them and they're neighbors, you know, I'm like, that's awesome. Uh, Nicole asks how to get started with your first service dog client. And uh, I'm in a different situation than most, but I'm in the same situation as Nicole is that, um, as a trainer, having a service dog. So having a service dog, people will see you out in public and ask about training ask for your help in training, um, tell you that they want to have their dog trained up as a service dog. I have people all the time who come up to us. We actually, we were just at the farmer's market for the group class this past Saturday. And uh, we, we get there and one of my, uh, one of my friends is there and she's like, Vicki, I know you gave me cards last week. I used them all up because everyone's asking, do you have more cards for me? So I forgot to refill my cards. So I gave her, I had maybe 10 left. So I gave them to her. And later on, we had a woman asking, come came up and 
and was asking about uh, service dog training. So, you know, yep, we do it. Uh, and here's our information. So she was all thrilled, but Kimmy had to give her the card because I had run out. Uh, so I had to come home and refill it up right away before I forgot about it. But if anyone wants business cards to hand out, just let me know. Um, I will get them over to you. And I just need your address to mail them. But I don't even remember my first service dog client because it's been a while. Uh, but they would just come in during normal, like they'd come in for group, they'd come in for privates, they'd come in for boot camp. And then we'd just talk about what they needed and we'd work on it with them. Um, it, it, it happened a long time before I started announcing. So, and then what happened, so like I said, from the get-go, from the get-go, 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 we were helping people train up their own service dogs. And, you know, from everything from picking out the dogs to, you know, what they want to look for to how they want to start it, you know, puppy stuff, um, basic advanced um, off-leash stuff, you know, the, the task work, they come out, we, we do, you know, custom work with them. It wasn't just, you know, well, less than one, we cover this, and that's what we're covering, period. Like, we'd work with what they needed. Uh, but I'd also, you know, we'd have the aggressive dogs in, and I'm like, eh, you know, I don't want to have the, the um, service dogs along with the aggressive dogs, you know, like let's do one or the other. Uh, you know, the service dogs are a lot more work. <laughs> the, uh, you know, it's a lot more time commitment. So what happened was uh, we were actually at Disney and I was having a blast. I love going to Disney. You guys know that. And I was like, you know, it'd be really cool because we had brought Era there and we brought another a service dog in training there. I'm like, it'd be really cool to get paid to go to Disney or to like have it paid for. So it's not all coming out of my pocket. So I came up with the idea that, you know, like let's offer Disney training trips because we see how much it helped Arrow, how much it helped the other dog that we had with us. And, uh, and so we offered that and we put it out to our clients who we'd been working with. And we were like, okay, if you guys want, we can do a Disney trip. And it was basically, you pay for the room. And then the next one was, okay, you pay for room and food. And then you pay for a nicer room and food. Um, so that's usually what we did was pay for room and food and, you know, the meal plan because they have that and then I don't have to worry about things. And uh, we'd, we'd go and I'd bring Arrow and then like Luke would come with me or we had another trainer who would come with me and we would go and we'd work the dogs at Disney. And it was nice because when the dogs needed a break, we could give them a break. Like I don't have to go and do everything because I'm here all the time. So what we did a few years ago was like every month we were going to Disney with these dogs and it was amazing. So we had, uh, then we put together a, a five week boot camp for service dogs. Okay. So this is the progression of everything. So we, we put together the five week boot camp, and we were doing those. And then we were telling people to, you know, start with privates before or do privates after. But I felt bad always saying money for the Disney trip, please. Money for the boot camp, please. Money for the privates, please. Money for this, money for that. Money, you know, I just, I didn't like doing that. And what we found too is some people were like, well, you know, I really don't have the money this month. Maybe I'll just not do it. And their dog really needed it if they were going to So what we did is uh, we a service dog training program. We said, what do the dogs need? You know, to have the best service dog out there, what does the owner and what does the dog need? And what we did is we put that all together into a program. And that's how our programs developed. So it wasn't just a, I train dogs, look, here's my program for service dogs. It's more of a gradual progression of, okay, what do they need? Um, I like the five-week boot camp for them. Now, my normal dogs get a three to four-week boot camp service dogs get a five week because we do a lot more with them. We do the public access outings. We do the uh, advanced training. We do the public access or the service dog skills, the service dog tasks. We work on exactly what that dog needs. Now, some dogs come out and they need to learn sit, right? And that's one of the reasons when we were doing the boot camp that we were like, you know, we're taking time out of this five weeks to teach the dog sit. The dog should know sit. So our program now has that you get the online course so you have access to the online course. So we have three levels to the program, three levels. So the, um, the bottom level is just the online course. And you have access to the full nine module uh, how to train your service dog online course, which is amazing. It takes you through everything, basic advanced training, service dog skills, service dog tasks, public access, equipment, marking behaviors. We have a whole module on how to mark behaviors better because if you can mark behaviors better, you will be a much better dog trainer. Okay, so we have that. We also have our uh, how to, 60 Days to Your Dream Dog. So it's another nine module course. 
some of the videos are the same. Some of the videos are totally different. Um, that includes the e-collar training if you wanted to do that. It includes uh, stuff for pet dogs, for reactive dogs, and just everything we could think of and the kitchen sink. Uh, we have our essential oils and dogs videos and webinars and online courses. Uh, we have just our essential oils online courses and videos and webinars. Uh, we have our perfect potty training system for puppies. Uh, you get that. That was a workshop from a few years ago. Uh, and I just did our focus intensive, and that's on there as well. So you get access to all of that with the online course for the service dog work, which is amazing. And the price on that, how we have it set up now, is it's $9.97 or $97 a month for 12 months. After you make the very first payment, the whole, all those courses are yours. Um, when you make the last payment at 12 months, they're still yours, right? Um, so it's not a monthly to keep it thing. It's a, you pay it, it's 12 months and it's done and we have it set up that it'll auto pay. Now the next one up we have is personal coaching. So we have all those online courses I just told you about, um, the group classes in the villages, the meetups at Disney and the field trips around Central Florida. And we've done restaurants, we've done um, grocery stores, malls, um, Walmart, Lowe's and Home Depot and all that stuff. Um, we also have meetups at Disney, the group classes and the field trips, um, phone email support, text support, text, not tech, text support. Um, but we also have our personal training. Now it's not one personal training session. It's not five personal training sessions. It's not five months of personal training sessions. It's what you need, what you need. So if you need a whole bunch of personal training sessions, you will get a whole bunch of personal training sessions. If you're not close, we do video sessions. So it'd be like this, except I'd be talking directly to you. I'm seeing you, seeing what's going on with you and your dog as we're working together. Um, you get that because I don't want you to say, well, how many sessions does it take to have a service dog? If her program says 10 sessions, that means I can find another trainer and do 10 sessions and I can have a service dog, right? No. Everybody's different. Every trainer's different. So we have that program. That program um, like I said, it includes all that stuff, the personal coaching, all those online courses, uh, the group classes, the meetups, the field trips. Uh, it's 3000 And that, guys, uh, that price is going to go up probably come January. Um, but if you lock it in, you don't have to worry about it, which is really nice. Okay. And then we have all that, the, all those online courses, the personal training, the meal, meetups, the field trips, the um, group classes, the email, phone, tech support, and our five-week intensive immersion boot camp here at the ranch. And that's our top tier. And I have people who are like, I can't get rid of my dog for five weeks. It's a service dog. I need my service dog. You know what you need is you need a service dog as fast as you can get a service dog. You don't want to wait three to five years. And why would you wait three to five years? So during that five weeks, we can get your dog so far. Your dog lives with a professional trainer and this is what we work on with them every day. And usually by the end of it, the dog is just about ready or ready for the public access test for the three CGCs. You know, the task training is doing fantastic. And your dog, you know, afterwards your dog can be a service dog pretty much. Uh, and so that one is 6,000. When we do a payment plans, PayPal does offer a 0% interest for six months. So Nicole, I would definitely look into that for the PayPal. Um, but that's how our programs evolved and what we found. So if I was going to just start offering it today, I would reach out to clients. I would um, see if anyone expresses an interest in service dog training. I would start putting it out there as something that you're experienced with and you can do. I would also start sharing more of what you're doing with your own personal dogs. So I share a lot and, uh, it, it, it is. It can get a little personal. You can get the emails that we send out and be like, Vicki, that is enough. I don't need to, to read this about you going to the gynecologist. But there's a reason I share that stuff is because the gynecologist told me I might have cancer and that just changed everything. Okay. So far, everything's good. Um, Pap smear came back good, but it can be a little bit, you know, like that's TMI, right? That's too much info. Nope. You guys, when we work together, we hear everything. We share everything. We have to because it's a very, it's an intimate working relationship. And sometimes the, um, I don't want clients who come out to feel like they share everything and I tell them nothing and they know nothing about me. I, I'm an open book, guys. Um, ask me anything. There's no embarrassment. Ask me and I'll tell you. Um, you want to hear the most embarrassing thing that's happened to me with my service dog? I'm going to tell you, even if you don't care. Uh, so as you guys can notice, right, if you're looking at me like, I'm not a skinny chicken. Um, and it turns out 
Remember I said about going to the gynecologist? It turns out my estrogen is high and I don't have a lot of progesterone. And because of that, I'm not ovulating. My hormones aren't working right. And no matter what I diet, what I exercise, my body won't let go of the weight. Isn't that fun? So that's why we're doing the low carb. Um, after I do the DNC, in about two weeks, two weeks from yesterday, um, I have that done. After we do that, um, he's going to put me on progesterone. And that should help balance out so I can lose some weight, which is nice. Um, and it turns out my, um, what is it? My insulin levels are probably really high too. Yay. Um, but anyway, I know I'm fat. So we were in, at Disney, and this was years ago. This was one of our first trips. Rich and, and Luke were over at the Star Tours ride. I had air. It was one of his first ones. And we were over where the, um, the Star Wars launch bay is because um, it used to have the drawing, right, the art of animation. So we were actually in line for that, me and Era. <coughs> and we had a family come up behind us. A little kid starts trying to poke at Arrow. You don't poke at a service dog, especially a Malinois. Come on. So I said, please don't, honey. And the kid kept. And I said, please don't touch my service dog. And I move, and the kid starts walking towards him to poke him some more. And, you know, I kind of look at the mom, and I'm like, can you take care of your child? Please don't touch my service dog. And the kid starts, you know, because I told him no. It's the happiest place on earth. So the mom starts yelling at me about how he, her kid's allowed to say hi to whoever he wants to. Her kid's allowed to touch whoever he wants to. And if her kid wants to touch my service dog, I better just deal with it. And the only service my dog could possibly provide for me is eating food before I do because I am so fat. Yeah. That was one of the most embarrassing encounters I ever had. I just about burst into tears. Um, because first of all, I don't need a stranger coming up to me and telling me this. And second, like, I don't notice it every time I look in the mirror. Thanks. So, um, after arguing with her for a bit, a, a gentleman came up to me from in front of me in line and said, you know, ma'am, can, can you come up here with us? You know, bring your dog. They were super nice. I was in such a, an adrenalized like, <sighs> state. So they helped get me down. Um, and it was, it was terrible. So if I see something going on, I am not going to let somebody else deal with that. Like I had to deal with that. So what should have happened is a cast member, because there was a cast member there watching the line, he should have come over. He should have either asked that person to leave or taken me out and got me out of there. Right? Because how many people can't say that? You know, we work with a lot of people who have anxiety and PTSD, and they would never say that to somebody. They would never, you know, if somebody came up and attacked them like that, they, they couldn't say no, leave, you know, stop it. And that is not right at all. And that is one of my trigger button issues, right? Like one of my no, like you guys need the support. Um, so that's why I shared it with you is because it was very embarrassing, um, very frustrating, very humiliating um, experience. And it's something nobody should have to go through. Um, I should have gone on a line and gone and got a cast member and said, she's harassing me, do something about it. What do you want me to do? Kick her out or get me out of here? But I want to go draw. <laughs> that was my one thing I love to do, is go to draw uh, at the Animators Academy whenever they had it there. Um, and it's one of the things I miss, even as much as I love Star Wars and I love going to the launch bay every time we go to studios. Um, because it's, it's just, I love drawing and uh, especially dogs. I actually have a couple books coming on how to draw dogs better. So Elaine says, I just want to say thank you for the tips on my service dog, barking at people, knocking at the door. So far, it's working. I just had one time yesterday and we had someone stop by when she barked. Well, that's awesome, Elaine. I'm really, really, really happy for you. Um, Samantha says, for having Veda, the new pup, for only a few days. She's up my butt constantly. Is that her being insecure or what? Should I stop that or no? She just stares at me. It's kind of weird. So for that, Samantha, she looks like a Malinois to me, right? Mouths are kind of obsessive about things. Um, so what we like to do in the beginning is we'll tether the dog to us. So wherever I go in the house, the dog's going to come with me. So I would be fine with it unless she starts whining. If she would start whining at you or pawing at you for attention, I'd be like, no, knock it off. We don't do that. But, you know, for just following you around, yeah, that's kind of part and parcel. <laughs> Welcome to the wonderful world of Malawas. Um, Jeanette says, my husband says he wants to ask parents if he can pet their kids when they ask to pet my service dog, but then he's afraid of getting arrested, right? Exactly. 
And then Nicole, the one who asked the question that led to all this in the first place, was do you verify with clients about their disability like a program might do, or is it fairly clear when you meet them for privates in the boot camp? That's great. So I, as we talk to the client, I ask them, you know, if they can get a letter from their doctor for their training binder. Um, usually I do not have to see it. There have been a couple times I have asked for it just to be on the safe side. Um, for example, I'm working with a woman, a wonderful woman. I adore her. Uh, she has she came in with a cane. Like, I'm not going to ask her for, for proof. Like, I'm good to go with that. Um, we've had kids come out, um, like teenagers, um, young 20s, um, come out with their parents. I assume that's all good. You know, just talking to people, there's some answers that I look for. There's some things that I look for. There's some questions that I ask. Um, I, like I said, I do ask for them to have a letter from their doctor, but I'm telling you why I don't require one is, and I tell everybody this too, is I can give you my service dog. I can give you Arrow. Unless he can mitigate your disability, he is not your service dog. Okay? So if, um, if you come and you're able-bodied and there's nothing wrong with you, right? Um, or you're, um, let's see, what doesn't he do? Migraine alert, right? So say you get migraines terribly. And I'm like, well, you need a service dog? Here, take my service dog. Unless you have what I have or he can help you in some way in those same tasks that he knows, he is not your service dog. You error for $50,000 and all you and you have migraines and he doesn't alert to migraines, he's not your service dog. No matter if you paid $50,000 for him, no matter if he's been a service dog for five years now, He's not your service dog because he doesn't mitigate your disability. So make sure before you do this, because, I mean, if you want to give me $6,000 um, and train up a dog and you really don't have this disability, you also don't get the protection that comes with having a service dog. Um, but here's, here's the other reason why is I've had what I have since I was eight years old, I want to say. And it's funny. I was talking, funny, haha. I was talking to somebody over the weekend and she said she just thought she fell asleep. She didn't realize what was going on. And I'm like, yep. I said for the first mm, maybe four years, I just thought I'd fall asleep in weird places. No, nope, I wasn't. So, uh, so I got found out around probably, like I said, probably eight years old that I started. I remember my first time doing it. I was 19 when I was diagnosed. Okay. I was 26 or 27 years old and I went to a new doctor. We had moved to Maryland, went to a new doctor. I'm talking to him about it um, because I tried medication. I tried different supplements and everything. And like nothing seemed to be working. Nothing had ever worked for me for very long for, for trying to control this. Um, so he's like, I think it's all in your head. He sent me over um, to John Hopkins over near Baltimore to, uh, to be evaluated over there by the cardiologist. And they're like, yeah, you've got it got it pretty bad. So I got to go back and I'm like, well, why are you telling me this? Why did he send me over here? And that's whenever I was reading the, the papers that they had left in there. So of course, you know, I'm nosy and I'm reading through the papers where he says that he believes I'm faking it because I'm under stress and that I want attention. Yeah. So he's like, you're not under stress wanting attention. Like I'm doing the tests. Like you've got this. Like I'm looking back at your history from when you were 19 and diagnosed your test. You've got this. I'm like, yeah, I know I've got this. Um, so we went back and I'm, I'm basically saying to the doctor, I'm like, hmm, so I'm faking it, huh? You know, uh, luckily we weren't there that long, but, uh, if, if the people only have that type of doctor, they're not going to get a letter, right? You need to have a doctor who people tell me, um, oh, you don't need a service dog. You're not disabled enough. Or what can a service dog do for you or whatever? Like rude. Um, so I don't require it. Um, but I've also had somewhere I'm like, you know, I do need one to cover my butt because, um, you know, because of whatever the issue is. I'm starting retrieval work with Rio yesterday. She says Mia and Chris were so, so sad. It wasn't them doing it all. So see, Nicole, I hope you videotape that because that would be an awesome video and, and why you need that retrieval work. So like when we do stuff with um, Chipsy, I actually, I was drawing today. You want to see what I was drawing? Let me show you what I was drawing. Okay. So if you're watching the video, so I was drawing this. This is my, um, my bullet journal. I need to put a, a cover on it. But here's one of the dogs I was drawing. Veronica, because I wanted to decorate it with dogs. And here's another dog I was drawing. Not as wild about that one. Uh, and I'll show you a third one. Here's a third one I was drawing. So I was doing it, and I, I dropped my pen. My pen just dropped on the floor. And uh, Gypsy was, was lying a few feet away. And I'm like, oops. 
oh, oh, P.S., right? That's her, her cue. So she remember she picked up the pen for me. So I'm like, that was so cool. Um, and, you know, what I need to do is do that. And it's the little skinny pens, too. Let me show you what, what the pens look like. Um, they're, what is it? Um, Statler Tri, -fine, Tri Plus Fine Liner. You know, so they're, they're skinny pens. It's not like I was using Sharpies. Um, but it was really cool because she came, she picked it up. She goes to hand it to me. I dropped it a second time when she was trying to hand it to me. So I, I said it again and she picked it up and she made sure I got it that time. Um, but, you know, just stuff like that. So, you know, put on there and say why that's a beneficial command, why that's going to be or a beneficial task for you. Um, videotape you dropping some things and doing it. Are you doing the retrieval work or about how you can put the medical bag? And it's going to create some discussion. It's going to create some buzz. And it's going to have people like who need the service dog saying, oh, she does that. Or it's going to have people who have pet dogs who are like, that'd be a cool trick to have my dog know, right? Because it would be. Um, Samantha says, I do tether, and there's no whining at all. Uh, when I ask her what, um, she cocks her head. I asked someone at Disney if I could pet their kid, and they looked at me and said no. I said, thank you. Have a nice day. Right? So as they come up, I say no. You know, I don't, you know, you know. You, you can't pet them, like even before. And the parents who send the kids over, go ask if you can pet, annoy me more than anything else because they don't want to be the bad guy and instead they expect me to be the bad guy. And it gets... I did that yesterday with having gold mastiff at Epcot. People came up and were talking about the mastiff. No one came up to me and asked about the golden and it was so nice. <laughs> um, Deb says, I'm happy to show you my medical bills. Right, Deb? Yeah. Um... Nicole says, I wouldn't want to feel nosy, like I was being nosy, but I wouldn't want to go through service dog training with someone so they could just take their dog with them places. Yeah, so we've had people come up to us for that, too, who, you know, you're, we're talking to them, and I'm like, mm, this isn't, like, this isn't what I do. When we were in Gainesville, especially, um, UF is there, you know, big college, a lot of college kids coming in, apartment complex don't always allow dogs, so, you know, little Susie would get a little fluffy dog, and the, the dad would call up, or the mom would call up, like, Susie needs her dog to be a service dog. And I'm like, mm, what's, tell me about Susie. Tell me about um, what's going on. Tell me about Fluffy. Tell me about what tasks. That's how I get around it, right? What tasks would benefit. So, she needs a service dog. Now, sometimes they don't know the difference between a service dog and a therapy dog, and they get them confused. And I am happy to explain everything. Um, and my terminology with the service dog, the emotional support, the therapy dog, and the pet dog. Um, so they get it. Uh, you know, but like why, you know, what's going on and, and if it's, um, cause I also work with a lot of college kids who do have disabilities and, you know, the parents are getting nervous cause the kid's going out for the first time on their own. Um, I actually, we get a lot of anxiety and PTSD dogs and I love working with them. Well, not dogs, a lot of PTSD and anxiety service dog trainings. Right. Um, and I love working with them. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of my favorites to do, but, um, we don't. Um, you know, I, I don't just take anybody. It's not like, you know, um, I was telling somebody today, I'm like, you, you know, you could say I've got a dog and $6,000 come and train my dog. But if you don't have a disability, I'm going to be like, mm. but if you want your dog really well trained, you know, we've done, I think the most I've done right now is it was 20, $25,000 for one of the dogs, you know, just over the course of a couple of years in training. Um, and she was amazing, but she wasn't a service dog, but they spent more than most service dog people would spend. Um, Jeanette says, I just tell them, no, she's working and cannot be disturbed or I could fall. Exactly. Jeanette. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, we need to keep on top of things with it. Um, I know, um, Ellen just got a new vest and it says a big, do not distract, no pictures, you know, don't look at my dog. So I'm anxious to see if that makes a change in, uh, and, and what happens, um, she just got it in, I think, over the weekend. So, you know, we want to give her a few weeks to play around with it and see if it helps. Um, but I'm, I'm interested in knowing that. I've had people tell me getting the stop sign, the stop, like do not pet, um, helps out tremendously. Um, really, I don't think people care. I think people just see dog and think, like, got a pet, got a touch, 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 touch. They don't see dog and think, that is a service dog and I should behave. Um, so, like, as we're walking through Disney yesterday, you just see people reaching down to pet as the dog walks by. You're like, excuse me, don't pet my dog. And they're like, what? And what? I didn't even notice I was doing it. You're like, uh huh. Um, but yeah, so we went yesterday with, um, with Judd and with Gypsy 
to Epcot and we got in there and met up with uh, friends of ours from New York, uh, Suzanne and Peter. And it was me and Rich and Luke. And Luke is taking China one this year for language for school. Uh, so he wanted to go visit China, of course. So we told him we'd go visit China. So we go and we walk over to China and uh, Suzanne was working Judd and I was working um, Gypsy. And so, you know, filling her in on some of the different things, like how we go about doing it, you know, how we handle the parks, how we do some of the rides. And we got over there and uh, the guys went in to watch the reflections off China, which is great, but we knew the dogs, we needed to work them. So we sat, we worked on some sit and some focus and some touch. And then Judd was like, I'm done. And he laid down underneath the bench. Um, Gypsy laid down. She was good to go. So we, um, we went into the little gift shop where the reflections of China lets out and we waited for them there. It was cooler there. Uh, we went out to eat um, at the, Nine Dragons, I think it is, the, the Chinese restaurant. That was our first time. It was amazing. Um, so they had the five of us at a six-person table and the two dogs underneath. So the two dogs were, like, laying on top of each other and playing a little bit of kissy face and sleeping more. But they didn't move, which was great. Um, and that's it was fantastic. Now, Judd, a little unsure with fireworks. So we wanted to get him out before the fireworks. So about 8.30, we got out of the restaurant, and we just – you know, Rich and Luke and I booked it to get out of the area before the fireworks would start. Um, but it is, it's different working service dogs uh, versus working pet dogs. And then being able to take them to Disney, there's a bunch of little nuances and, and things that you need to watch for and things that you need to do. Um, after dinner, uh, Rich and Suzanne took the dogs over to find a potty area. So they go to potty and, uh, and then it starts downpouring. You know, and these poor dogs are just getting drenched. So we got, we waited underneath an overhang for maybe 10 minutes and the rains let up. So that was really nice. Um, you know, the rains were gone and we got to walk back and it was a little bit cooler. The humidity was gone. So it was really, really enjoyable. Oh, Deb has a great question. What do you think about people videotaping when we're in the group class? We were practicing in the wheelchair, and Lord knows I have a walker, scooter, and everything else, but it was weird to have this woman videotaping Loki and I. Can I say some anything? Deb, you can say whatever you would like to say. If you're uncomfortable with it, say, please don't. I am uncomfortable with a stranger videotaping me. And put it on her. I think it was a her, because she's the one who is doing it. You're not in the wrong here. So, But here's the issue, and here's why I usually – I want to get a little better saying, you know, dreamk9.com. So, you know, then if they get a picture of my dog, you know, I'll sometimes tell them, like, she's on Instagram. Here's her handle. Um, like, so someone could be doing this, right? Do, 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 with their phone or this with their phone texting. Are they taking a picture? Are they texting? So sometimes people hold things funny because they can't see because of the glare. Um, I've had people, um, you know, position their dog to take a picture Someone else comes up, and so they, they kind of get in the way, and they reposition the dog and move the dog over so the person can't take a picture. I'm like, you know, for me, I'm, I'm fine with it. But, yeah, if it was videotaping and you're uncomfortable, then you just say, please don't. I'm uncomfortable with having somebody videotape me. Um, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And if you want, tell me, and I will go and sick me on them or sick Rich on them, right? We'll, we'll bring Luke up to you. You can sick Luke on them um, because I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. And you're not a side pictures you know so when we got there I was explaining what we were going to do and you missed this Deb um, I was explaining what we were going to do and we had people sitting in the Dunkin Donuts there watching we had people who were just around just sitting watching as I'm explaining what we're going to do today so you know I'm used to being kind of the center of attention and I kind of like it but not everybody does and if I was having a bad day I'd probably be like leave me alone uh, Nicole says she's going to Chicago for the first time with Doc on Sunday. Well, that's awesome. See, and Nicole, you need to get pictures, iconic pictures in Chicago, right? So you got the museums and stuff. You got the Married with Children fountain. You've got the lakefront. You know, get some amazing pictures and, and put them up there. Have the vest. Have it shown service dog in training. You know, and, and everything bring back to service dog in training. So, you know, like um, here we are on the L train, right? As a service dog in training, Doc gets to go with me whenever we go like this because I like it. I don't know what all to put. Uh, you know, I'll just do pictures of Gypsy and, and put that up there. And as word gets out that you, you know, that you have a service dog, then just work with the ones that you can help. So if you can do medical alert, do medical alert, right? If you're like, I hate doing medical alert, then don't do medical alert. Um, if, if you're like, I have no idea how to do medical alert, well, then get our online course and learn how to do medical alerts. Um, oh, also, guys, I've got something for you. Are you ready? 
If you go to dreamk9.com, that's D-R-E-A-M, the letter K, the number nine.com, uh, and you click on anything there, or, and it'll take you to our page where you can enter in your email address. That's the big thing. Once you give me your email address, I'm going to give you the first module to how to train your service dog free. Yep, free. But I need your email address first. <laughs> uh, and what we do is we'll send you a link in an email. There's other stuff in there too, so you have to look for it. I think we have it in green font where it says click here and it's called um, First Things First, Service Dog Basics. And we cover things like what is a service dog? You know, it's really gonna change your life. The difference between a service dog, a therapy dog, an emotional support dog, um, age, breed, size, uh, you know, when to get started, how long does it take? It's things that you really need to know before you sign up for the course. Um, so we've been trying to find out how to get that to you guys for free. Plus, it gives you a chance to see a couple things. You, you get to learn, see me more. See, I don't think Rich is in that one. I think it's all Vicky. But you get to see us a little bit more. Um, you get to get a feel for what the course is going to be like, how we lay it out, how to maneuver through the course, right? Um, if a service dog is right for you, if this program's right for you, and I'm giving this away. Not only that, not only am I giving off this, this first module of the course, we have, and that's at howtotrainyourservicedog.com, but like I said, if you go to dreamk9.com and give me your email address, you'll get it. Um, you're going to get, or you can do the, the webinars. You can come and tune in here where we talk at the webinars. You can do the How to Train Your Service Dog Facebook group, the How to Train Your Service Dog podcast. You can go on YouTube under Dream Dogs. We have a bunch of information there. And if we were giving all this stuff away, Imagine the good stuff that we haven't given away yet because I don't give everything away. You might think I do. I don't. I ramble a little bit, but that's okay. But, uh, but yeah, we have so much more guys in that course. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, and we keep adding to it as well. Like it's one of those, it's kind of like Disney. Whenever I'm dis Walt was doing Disney, he's like, it'll never be finished. I want something that'll never be done. You know, that we'll keep adding to kind of like Fantasia. Remember that video with like the dancing hippos and stuff? You know, he wanted to go and add on to it, so that's why they did Fantasia 2000. But, you know, it, it, the, I don't think the course is ever going to be complete. Um, I have a list of things that we need to add, um, you know, and, and I'm sure we'll come up with more and more and more as we get it done, uh, which is awesome. Nicole said, I tried yesterday. Good. Oh, Nicole, yeah. So if you have been on my place before, um, if you give me your email address before, and Nicole, I know you have in the past, um, it doesn't resend you the indoctrination series. So just message me and I will find it and I will send it to you, Nicole. That's not an issue. Um, there's a couple other people who the same thing because I recognize their email addresses and um, I, I didn't know if it was sending it to you or not. So if you tried it and you didn't get an email from me, just, just shoot me a message, shoot me an email and just say, you know, I didn't get that. Can you? Um, can you, can you send me the, the link directly? And I am happy to, cause I want you guys to have the information and then, you know, do the course, recommend the course to others, add people to the Facebook group, you know, subscribe to the podcast and recommend that. I want you guys to do all that. Okay. Um, Rich and Luke had to go in town. They're home with dinner. I asked for wings. So I'm hoping they brought me wings. Um, and I can do hot wings. <laughs> which makes, well, medium wings, um, which makes me happy with ranch, which is like my favorite and pizza, but that's okay. Um, I do deconstructed pizza, which works out really good. Okay. So I'm going to go. Um, I need to know what you guys want to talk about next week. So if you want input on what to talk about next week, I need you to go to how to train your service dog group on Facebook and join that. And I will address you whenever, um, I will address your question just like I did here tonight. I think that was all of them. Let me see what else we have. How to curb, oh, we have one more question. How to curb barking and how to get my dog to not sit every time I ask him to focus. He will be a mobility dog. He barks most when he gets excited or frustrated about working on a command. So for that, we do not teach an auto sit for mobility dogs. Um, I don't like an auto sit for mobility dogs because they cannot sit all the time. I want them to a sit position or a down position. I want a default stand. So with Roma, um, I am not, I haven't really even taught too much of sit. Like sit is still very much hand signal. Down is still very much hand signal for her. 
because I don't want anything small yet because she is five months old and I want her to have a default stand position, not a default sit. Um, for barking, it, when he's excited or frustrated about working on a command, so if he is getting excited, frustrated, and he's coming out barking, um, you don't want that, especially service dog-wise. You know, I don't want to have him in Walmart and he gets excited about doing a command for you, so he starts barking. So you can teach him like a shh, quiet type of thing. Um, you can tell him whenever he starts to bark, no, because it is. It's an appropriate behavior. Um, we usually eliminate barking really quickly. We've got some tricks on how to do that, um, which is nice. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's stuff. The auto sit, um, every time you ask them to focus. So what, what you're going to do as well is you're going to take a secondary, two leashes, one attached to his collar so you can control his head, right? So he doesn't like go wandering off. You're going to take another one. And you're going to slip it right in front of his back legs underneath his belly. And if he goes to sit, you can also hold it up so he can't sit. And um, kind of like a, a sling, right? Sling his belly up so he can't get his butt down or she. And, uh, and that should help them too to realize it. And then you're also going to want to work on a stand command. And again, all covered in the course, um, teaching them if he knows target training, touch my hand, um, have him sit, you know, and then put your hand out, touch, and then he stands up as soon as he stands up and touches it because you're going to have it set up just perfect distance away. You're going to click, follow it up with a treat, and then put it on command. So that's stand, move your hand, touch. If he doesn't do it, he goes to touch it. Um, it's easier to do than to show, okay? But yeah, yeah, we wanna make sure that everything is going good, okay? So I'm actually gonna get my wings now. I will talk to you guys, ooh, next week. Next week is conference. I do not know if I will go live next week. It depends on what time everything gets done. I will try to do something there um, or do a special podcast for you guys. So next week, do not be here at 5.30 expecting to see me because I think we're still in speakers until like 6.30. Um, but it depends on who's speaking and how I'm feeling on what I'm doing. So, um, so yeah, two weeks from now though, it's going to be the day after the DNC. Um, and I might feel horrible, but I should be on here or I'll make Rich do it. Okay. Either way it works. I'll see you guys though. Have fun. Um, oh, here we go. Deb says back on potty training, Loki is solid, but lost his mind and manners visiting a friend in Palm Beach. He was awesome in the elevator, but was a mess in general. How do you stop the potty in strange places? Ooh, that's a good one. So Roma like doesn't like to potty in strange places at all. Sometimes they do gypsy wood. Gypsy, I always give her an opportunity to potty before we like go into Walmart in town here. And once I didn't, she pottied like 50 feet in the front door. It was so much fun. Um, Loki's still young at five months old, a little older now. Um, He's so not, he should be getting it, but as he learns to calm down and what you want from him, it shouldn't be as bad. Um, he was a mess in general. That's so funny. Uh, you know, if he goes to do it, you know, tell him, uh, 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 and get him where you want him to go potty. One thing I had done in the past is, you know, those uh, plastic like uh, grocery bags, not like the canvas ones or not the paper ones, but just the plastic you can use to pick up dog poo with. Um, I would get one and flatten it like the normal one. And when my dog goes to poop, flip it underneath her butt, you know, like just slide it right there. So she pooped directly into the bag. Now I'm not doing this with the little ones that are just the size of your hand to pick it up with because that would be gross, but you know, bigger target, right? So she would poop right into that bag and then I could just nod it and she was done. So Deb, you might want to look into that for Loki. Um, I know some people will do the, um, the wee pad training even with the bigger dogs, I know Loki's a golden. Um, you can do that as well. So then he has that option um, if you want him to do that. Um, how do you stop the potty in strange places? Yeah, so if they, it, it's more, you know, have him in the crate, have him tethered to you if he's going to act like a, a nutter and lost his mind. You know, if he's in the crate, no and bonk him. Um, you know, you can give him a correction for that behavior, redirect him, give him, you know, a frozen stuffed con, give him his favorite toy to play with, um, give him extra attention. Um, so like my parents are coming Thursday, they should be here. I um, mean, they're bringing Molly, their dog. Uh, and Molly hasn't been down here in years. Um, she's never been to the ranch. I don't even know if my dogs have met her. Era probably has and Zoe, but not the other three. So, you know, I don't know how it's going to be. Now, they're used to having dogs come out. Strange dogs come out here all the time. Um, so, you know, it shouldn't be an issue. But, uh, you know, that's it. pretty much, you know, if that's not going to cut it, then, uh, you know, in the crate they go. Okay, Terry gives me a thumbs up. 
<laughs> Jeff says he eats them. <laughs> oh, Loki. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember you saying he did eat the uh, eat the pot, the wee pads. Uh, yeah, so so I try those smush plastic bag. Make sure there's no holes in it because it's gross. And and you just you slide it underneath him, he poops, and then you're done. And I mean, eventually you should be able to teach him to like waddle back and and do it if you want to, if you care about it that much. Um, but we'll see how he does too on Saturday with the dogs who are there and everything. I know it'll be his third trip there, but um, you know. We'll get people visiting with you. That'll be one of the the assignments that you can do is is you know go up and greet some different people with him and see how he does in that environment. As long as they don't videotape you because that. Um, but yeah, if you go up and talk to them, maybe they wouldn't videotape uh, you too. <laughs> but yeah, just like go go up to a couple people or you know they're going to come up to him anyway because he's just the cutest puppy in the world. A little biased with Goldens anyway. But, uh, but, you know, they're, they're going to come up to you. So you'll be like, his name's Loki. It's the service dog in training. Here's Dream Dog's card. <laughs> okay. So take care, guys, for realsies this time. And I will talk to you later.